Let us worship God. reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, the second chapter, beginning with the 41st verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for these ancient words and for the lives of those who have carried them down throughout the ages. We ask that you would open our hearts and minds this morning, that your word might fall afresh upon us this day. Amen. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. 
They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Speaks your name, speaks your name, beloved. 
Good morning, friends. I am so delighted to be joining you all this morning here at 7th Avenue Presbyterian, especially as we gather this morning with our local community to celebrate pride. This is my official, uh, official second, uh, or my second official pride season, uh, as I came out to my parents just last summer, coming out to my mom in June, at the beginning of pride season, and to my dad back in August. I identify as both gay and queer and moved out to the Bay Area almost four years ago to begin reconciling my faith with my identity. And while it certainly has not been the easiest, I am so grateful to be where I am, having just completed seminary and moving now into some chaplaincy work. I'm in this process of trying to figure out what's next for my own life, and I think that our scripture today lays the groundwork for a big, big piece of it. Our scripture this morning is the whipped cream and cherry on top of our Pentecost story, which we celebrated just earlier this month. The Holy Spirit has been unleashed and the disciples and followers of Jesus have been emblazoned and emboldened by the Spirit's presence to continue building loving and compassionate community. And in these last five verses, we get a glimpse of what that community building looks like. It is with both word and movement that we see through the Holy Spirit, the disciples and followers begin to live together in community. About 3,000 people joined the disciples that day. They spent their time cooking together, eating together, learning together, praying together, and singing together. And they committed to sharing everything they had with one another so that no one was in need. And every day, more and more people came to join in their life together. I spent a lot of time reflecting on this dream and vision of community this week. I just returned home, uh, or just returned back from a trip home to Alabama to see friends and family this past weekend. Spent a good bit of time at the table with them, sharing a drink or a meal and catching up, checking in and celebrating. I'm originally from just south of Montgomery, Alabama, from a small rural town named Pentlala, and grew up going to an, an evangelical church, Pentlala Baptist. At Pentlala, at PBC, I went to church with my parents and my grandparents, my sister, sometimes our dogs would even show up. Uh, and even as a young child, uh, I loved a good potluck meal with my church community. For me, sharing a meal is just one of, the, one of my favorite ways of building community, of finding community, of growing community. And it is these early church memories of potlucks that fuel a deep theology and love for this table, which we'll gather at soon. As a young person in the church, those potlucks modeled this early vision of church and community life together. 
looking back at those memories with as much grace as I can, I think about the ways that I was almost invited to the table. Y'all, I am so grateful for this welcoming and affirming church that I am with today. But the majority of my life, I was told by my faith tradition that this one part, this one part of me, excluded me from God's table. I lament the ways our faith tradition has and continues to harm and hurt those deemed unwelcome. I grieve for my friends who weren't able to continue living into a faith that spoke of love and yet acted in hate, and who couldn't reconcile their queer identity with this misunderstanding of Christianity. If our scripture today offers us a clear vision of what life together should look like, we must be willing to confess our shortcomings because of fear of difference. Our text tells of the thousands of folks that came together that day to share food and possessions, to live and be together. But it should be understood that while this group of thousands may have had all things in common, as the scripture says, they were not of the same place or nationality or language or culture. There was plenty of difference among them, and yet the Holy Spirit was able to transcend those differences to bring them together. If anything, the gift of the Holy Spirit was actually for those on the edges, as Amy Oden writes. The gift of the Holy Spirit that marks the birth of the church is a gift expressly for those outside the Jesus movement, those who have lived displaced in a language world not their own. It is a spiritual gift given not for the disciples themselves, but for the outsiders listening. God's gift reaches outward to those outside of this immediate circle of Jesus' followers. It seems that one mark of the Holy Spirit's gifting is that it empowers us to connect to others. This is the power of the Holy Spirit given to us, the power of connecting us with others regardless of our differences through mutual sharing. Sharing of meals, of time, of gifts, of power, of possessions. And this is never-ending work. I want us to revisit, though, and sit with this idea of difference for a minute. Because it's gotten harder and harder in our world today to embrace such difference. We can be too quick to draw a line in the sand to say, you are with me or you are against me. And when we do this, we disrupt the Spirit's work because it refuses the Spirit's transcendence. 
there is a power dynamic shifts when we go from all of us together to us versus them. Refusing to engage with or live in community with others because of difference sabotages the work of the Spirit. I grieve the ways the church on a global scale continues to stunt the work of the Holy Spirit by its exclusion of those without agency or power to speak up. We must consider ways to engage in conversation compassionately and truthfully with our Christian siblings who miss their opportunity to welcome all of God's people to God's table. As we celebrate pride this weekend, I personally am so grateful for the ways that I've experienced this spirit-led community with my queer siblings. If I got a first taste of that community in the potlucks at my church growing up, I wonder how this weekend's celebrations might look a lot like the Pentecost celebration and gathering of community that we see in our scripture today. According to Kimyata Newby, a queer, black, non-binary person, pride is building community and establishing myself as a person. Pride is self-esteem. It's being accepting and proud of who you are. It's motivation and support to continue to figure myself out in this world and society. It's also a fun time to be in spaces with other queer individuals. I also think that pride is taking the time to learn history and figuring out how to help young queer people find safe places and good environments. It's also a great time to go dance in the street with friends and be as queer and expressive as you want. On this Pride Sunday, may we remember the words of Kimyata, that pride is about community building and establishing who we are. May our scripture today remind us of who we are and how we are to be in this world together. But friends, one last word on pride. We certainly understand it to be a celebration, but we know it to be a protest as well. As we continue to grapple with the Supreme Court's recent rulings on women's reproductive rights and gun control, may we continue to be so emblazoned and emboldened by the Spirit to speak up for those whose voices continue to be silent. With pride and Pentecost in our midst, may we go out from this place to get to work in love and service to one another. And may we do so with glad and generous hearts.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God.
Let us pray. Holy God, you have fed us in word, in silence, in song, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. Go forth in celebration, filled up with the love of this space, that you might be emblazoned to speak up for those who do not have a voice. Friends, remember that we are God's children, gifted with dreams and visions. Upon us rests the grace of God like flames of fire. May we love and serve God in the strength of the Spirit. May the deep peace of Christ be with you, the strong arms of God sustain you, and the power of the Holy Spirit go with you from this place, now and forever. Amen. Amen.